This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and D62. And now we have to go to all 52 and make a program about each and every one. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Yes, hello everyone. We are Lincoln A to Z on the East Midlands station of the year, Siren 107.3 FM and Siren Online. .co.uk. I'm Paul Tyler and I'm sat in the corner with a dunce's hat on but the genius at the top of the class is the programme's producer Johnny Hoare. Hey Johnny. Yeah, hello there. Hello. Okay Johnny can you play the audio of this week's randomly selected grid please? My name is Janet Marshall. I've lived in Lincolnshire for six years. I think Lincoln is an inspiring, picturesque and fascinating place to live. I've got J13. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. J13. Johnny, what's in this J13 grid? Okay, J13 is Tritton Road. It's a section of Tritton Road that's just north of the, the junction with Skelly Road. Uh, so you've got the pheasantry, you've got uh, Oak Farm, and uh, well, you used to have that big uh, grain silo thing as well. Correct. Uh, fabulous use of the word skelly there, Johnny. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, it just uh, tripped off the tongue. Yeah, referring it? to recent grids. Um, mm. I'll translate for, for anyone who's, well, anyone, for anyone who's not from around these parts. Uh, skelly, uh, around here, means Skellingthorpe. Yeah. Uh, that's Skellingthorpe. If you're not from around these parts, you probably shouldn't be listening to this thing. I, wait, no, it's, it's an education, isn't it? I mean, you know, I'm oh, going, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I, I mean, I'm going to show off now because I'm going to Spain later in the year, so I've, I've already started uh, to download... Um, uh, MP3s to my uh, mobile listening device, uh, which uh, I'm ignoring, and I'll rely on other people to order the uh, the pizzas. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, now then, back from that <laughs> wild tangent, if you know anything uh, about our J13 grid, uh, along Tritton Road, the very back end there uh, of Booton, very back end, uh, or if you used to run the cross-country course from the city school, uh, get in touch, email us, Lincoln A to Z at sirenonline.co.uk we're on Facebook of course and then there's Twitter hashtag Lincoln A to Z and you can find out details about the programme visit previous grids listen to the podcast and find out where we're going where are we going on our fabulous website lincolnatoz.co.uk but now out to our J13 grid where I tar everyone with the same work shy brush that I use So to J13, and here we are, uh, bright and early, well, early, and the noises you can hear in the background, uh, you'll have just heard a train pass, because if I know Johnny, he's going he's gonna to edit this, so there's a train noise at the beginning, because we're stood right next to a train track, uh, you can hear the commuters heading out uh, to do, uh, well, you'd say a day's work, but, you know, most of them are just going to sit around talking most of the day and try and pass it off as work. Uh, that's the noise on Tritton Road. Um, and the cycle track as well. You can't obviously you can't hear the cycle track, uh, but it is being used. Uh, a really really good cycle track down Tritton Road uh, that links suburbia to the city, and uh, keeps us all 
from getting run over. Uh, we just parked our bikes up and uh, well we couldn't look more like train spotters stood next to a train track uh, Johnny with his camera uh, pointing it at a train driver just now uh, and me wearing um, a resplendent uh, <laughs> orange cagoule which, um, which my eldest insists on calling a poncho just because it's got no zip at the front you know you put it over your head now the look I was going for with this was very much like the Happy Mondays uh, circa sort of 1990 <laughs> I don't necessarily think I've achieved it um, and very much, very much you get uh, the office joker asking if you've been tangoed, uh, which is a joke uh, that comes from around that same period as well. You know, I was, I was going to say, I thought you looked a lot like Norm from the Twix ads. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone over a certain age will get that. If you're a bit young, you won't have a clue what that is. Yeah, yeah, there's one, as Danny Baker would say, there's one for the teenagers. Uh, so this, you know, we're, this grid is uh, is going to be a bit of... <laughs> more a bit more of a personal story for for Johnny and I it backs onto my neck of the woods where I grew up sort of in the Bootham area and then it spreads out across uh, to where the city school used to be uh, the city school great name great name that uh, not like uh, maybe the the city of Lincoln Community College or of course as it's known these days the soulless Priory Academy I, I, I can say that I've been for a look around there um, since and there's a thing about being reluctant to change and I, I appreciate this more as I'm getting older I'm 37 now and you know the kids who are going to that school today are going to think well this is great you know the, 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 there's not very much concrete no stairs this kind of thing and that, that old school was really really old and cold and uh, not very good and inducive to learning for me I think that school had character <laughs> But I don't know, I didn't have, you know, it, it wasn't such a great school back then. I think I left certainly, now Johnny you left a little bit before me, but I left that school on uh, the cusp of, of when uh, Mr Wilde, the headmaster, left. And since then I think it, it turned around and it, it became, I don't know, things, things seemed to start getting better. Uh, for, for, from then on in what do you think well I always had a slightly odd relationship with city school because I came to it very late so I was uh, I went to South Park originally over there on Crosscliff Hill and then when I was in the third year of South Park in 1989 the council decided to shut it down which was a big shock to all of us particularly as it, it was really the only school on that side of the city you know over this side of the city you've got quite a lot of schools clustered fairly close together you know Ancaster whatever that's called nowadays, is not far from here. It's the uh, Witham Academy nowadays. Witham Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Another, Did you know the names of all these another places? Another academy, yeah. I'm going yeah. To very soon, I'm going to go look around these places. Yeah. And, you know, the people... I mean, that's it. They turn the teachers now. Sorry to interrupt you, Johnny, here, but I'm on a flow. The teachers now will be turned into, and I've seen it happen, they're turned into salespeople because they want kids to go, go to that school. You know, yeah. it's like, just get on and teach. <laughs> well, I mean, there was, there was none of that salesmanship when I was um, looking around. As I say, there were, there's all these schools quite close together. There's Robert Pat and NK literally opposite each other. But the council decided to close South Park over there on its own, you know, miles away from anyone else. So all those old South Parkies had to <laughs> find else, somewhere else to go. And so uh, we all went, did the rounds of all the schools, to have a look around them and see what they were like, whether we liked them or not, whether they liked us or not. There were some places where they clearly didn't like us and they didn't want us. Uh, Robert Pat in particular, I remember feeling particularly unwelcome there. But I ended up coming to City mainly because most of my friends were coming to City, so it seemed like the obvious thing to do. And I always found it a bit odd. Coming in late like that, you, I think I've mentioned before, you know, a lot of the terminology in the place I didn't get. Like people talking about Green Court and, and the urn. You know, I remember a, a, another South Park kid being sent to the urn by a teacher and having to ask, what, what is the urn? Where is it? What does that mean? You know, if you don't know the terminology of a place, it's all a bit weird. It feels like you're coming into a slightly alien environment where everyone else knows the lingo. 
and of course everyone's got their own little cliques their own little groups of friends it took a long time i felt to kind of for us all to assimilate particularly as the first day i remember being quite scared um i don't know if i was in a particularly bad form or what but there seems to be an awful lot of very rough scary slightly violent kids in our form um and yeah i remember thinking god what, what have i got myself into here <laughs> you know south park wasn't exactly eaten or harrow but it was city school did feel a little rougher i have to say and like i say i mean like i say that's that's the character and edge yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> i was yeah. I, I was yeah. talking about it gives it <laughs> it gives it that thing now we're we're actually stood right now out of the back on the uh well this, this area does it fills you with dread and horror um but we're on the cross-country course this is where we used to come and run cross-country can't do it anymore because the the, the road is closed there's a private road which is closed uh, so it's a private road down there now coming out the back of well, let's, let's carry on calling it the city school for old times sake the city school you know people around here we know don't like change you know we don't like uh what oh, cracky the bypass is still called the new road it's been open 25 years or whatever uh so the city school and we stood now on the, on the cross-country course and, and we're not very far down the cross-country course and this is the point where i already i'd have started walking with uh richard linton and just you know whiling away the hours getting cold really um, I might have been I might have been any good at cross country had the first few years of your life at that school not been full of like horror stories about it uh, and this is it's the myths isn't it and th- this cross country course is, of course is full of myths of older kids catching the bus uh, <laughs> when, when they uh, uh, when when they come round onto Skellingthorpe Road there and uh, and that kind of thing and then stopping off uh, at the shop to uh, to get a Mars bar and a can of coke or something like that uh, but this is. Uh, very much bringing back painful memories. The cross-country circuit, I suppose, comes around in a in a big circumference, really, around what can be called the pheasantry. Um, I've never ever seen a pheasant in there. Have you ever seen a pheasant in the pheasantry, Johnny? I don't think I did. No, no. I mean, from from my memory, the pheasantry seemed to be mainly where people who were lucky enough to have the opportunity would maybe go for a quick snog. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to say cop off. Yeah. Uh, which I think is, is, is where we want to leave it, uh, keep it above the waist. But it was, uh, yeah, yeah, generally. I mean, that's where all the school stories from, of, of, those, of that nature, of that investigative nature, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. Invasive. Well, leave it there. <laughs> leave it there. I, 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 think, I think you've almost gone too far. I seem to remember that there seems to be a constant round of rumours of certain teachers. And we won't, we won't say any names, <laughs> no, no, but no, there, there seem to be various rumours of certain teachers who were supposedly seen going off into the pheasantry. I'm sure none of it was true. Uh, in hindsight but at the time it was all it was all <laughs> yeah. grist for the rumour mill wasn't it yeah yeah absolutely uh, but also as well what's missing from this grid now Johnny here's a little pointless quiz for you what's missing from this grid that was huge I mean it's conspicuous by its absence these days really uh, just down this train track here what is no longer there ah now I, I don't know what to call it I know exactly what you mean mm-hmm. that big tall flat fronted windowless building yeah um, but I actually don't know what that was it's a grain silo. Was it? I know, oh, yeah, yeah. There's not much I don't know about this place. Uh, there's not much I don't know about that place apart from uh, the fact that I don't really know what a grain silo is, Johnny. Um, it's going to be a silo for grain, I'm going to say, but what, what's its purpose, do you think? Uh, the only thing I know about grain silos is that the Amish use one to kill Harrison Ford in Witness. So <laughs> that, that's, that's as far as I know, I'm afraid. Wow, uh, <laughs> I really wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. that kind no, of no. Not, that Spoiler kind of, alert. Yeah, Sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, oh, I don't think I was going to watch that anyway. Um, yeah, but I think I, in my mind it was there to like store grain in case we had 
a natural disaster like an earthquake or a flood or something like that but then it would flood out wouldn't it and the, the, your grain would be wet be no use and then if it was an earthquake a great big shabby concrete building would have would have probably been the first to go over so mm. then you'd have building in your grain that'd be no use either so I, I don't know I mean maybe you know if you are listening please you know uh, if, anybody there, if you are listening and you know what the grain silo is there for could be around the country I know I've seen these things dotted around the place still you still see them down Northampton way the last time I saw one Johnny and uh, do get in touch linkinator.sirenonline.co.uk is the email we'd like to find out and I'll tell you why because I did actually check on it on, on Google over the weekend um, and I couldn't really get anything from it it was there was one link that was going to take me off to a pdf and you never do that do you no, I mean, no, that no, means no, downloading no. stuff you're never going to do mm. that uh but yeah we, we also mentioned the the fezzo there pheasantry uh for uh, for, <laughs> for those there and I, it's probably best to skip around that you see because uh, later on in the program we will be um uh, reading out what some people's memories from uh from, from the city school and that, uh, and that that area in our grid um and when we asked for a lot of those memories it's quite tricky because we can't read a lot of them out now and uh, quite a lot of them have uh, have something to do with, with the pheasantry. So, you know, you can make your own, you know, conclusion uh, from what there. But also we we do have a point of order as well here. Uh, since since recording that, uh, going out to our J13 grid and recording that, uh, the, we have found out that the cross-country, they do open the gates and let the cross-country uh, through that. Um, now, I've got another point to make on this, Johnny, but before I do, I th- were you any good at cross-country? Well, what do you think? I mean, look at me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, that's why I asked. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, <laughs> and uh, I, I would point you all to the, uh, back to our, our uh, Lincoln 10K uh, grid uh, to, to, to find out yeah. the finer points on that. Um, but I was I was no good at con- cross country, didn't didn't enjoy it. But I'm, I'm quite pleased that the youth of today is still having that unpleasantness that we had to. And uh, and they're still having to learn Shakespeare as well, which I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased about. But I don't really have much of a memory of learning Shakespeare I spent most of my time at that school when I wasn't doing drama um, staring out of the window and the English class had a very good view out of the window straight onto mm. Skelly Road and you could you could just you know watch watch the traffic go by uh, while I think someone was trying to teach me a Midsummer Night's Dream um, Johnny Shakespeare discuss yeah we, we did <laughs> I mean do you, do you I don't know do you, do you go with it when on Desert Island Disc Johnny when you you're, you're finally lauded for your producing yeah, uh, yeah, it's Ackerman, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, you know, you've already been Radio Award uh, Academy nominated. Um, when they finally get you on there, and Kirsty Young is sat opposite there, and she gives you a copy of the Bible and uh, the complete works of Shakespeare. Um, oh, I was just about to ask which one you're going to set fire to first, but I don't want us to enter into that blasphemic role. So, are you, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to read it, or are you just going to sit on it? Well, if I was stuck on a desert island, I'd probably read it. But really? Probably know all the circumstances when I read it. But we we did do Shakespeare at school. I did. I mean, we did uh, we did Henry V. Did you enjoy the text? Uh, well, not really. Oh, no, of course you didn't. No one wants it. They all want to read. No. I, I I honestly believe this. And they, I, you know, what? actually, I'm not joking. Now, this this could sound twee, and if I'm just looking for the cheap gag, right? I actually believe that they should be allowed to. They, the children of today, the young people, should be allowed to read things like Twilight. You think so? Absolutely. Oh dear me! Wait till the Daily Mail get hold of that. I know. And we we used to present a program called the Reading Room, where we enthused people to go around uh, books and literature. Yeah. But that was exactly it because it's the accessibility. Mm. Uh, if they'd have put uh, anything accessible in front of me, I'd I'd have done it. But as it as, as it happens, I spent all my time staring at Mrs. Smith's window. Mm. Well, I've actually been to see some Shakespeare. Uh, oh yeah, of, me. of my own free will. No. 
Yeah, yeah. What are those? You know, for the lawn. I don't know if they still do little lawn, uh, but no, they're no, no, outdoor no, ones no. where you just sit on a blanket uh, and have yeah. a picnic and uh, wine. And, there we yeah. go. That was it. That was yeah, the buzzword that, that was, I was looking for. That was for. the main attraction. Yep. I've got to be honest. I knew yeah, it. the I Shakespeare knew it. was happening, but I wasn't necessarily immersed in it. Yeah, yeah. You were just looking at the clouds, watching the weather. I suppose. Were you? Mm, pretty much like you were out the window in your class. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Shakespeare, good for daydreaming. Lincoln A to Z. Now it's time for the classy part of the programme. A voice of authority and reason to Johnny and mine's ramblings. Well, Johnny's anyway. <laughs> Here is Joe Hughes of the Lincolnshire Archives with the history of our grid square. Ignored on one side by the traffic on Tritton Road or the trains on the Nottingham Line, hemmed in on the south by the conurbations of Swanpool and the Priory City of Lincoln Academy. Sorry, I still think of it as city school. A lot of this grid square still appears from aerial photography, as well as on the ground, as a pocket of rural peace, with its long views across the low fields to the cathedral and lush woodland cut through by the waters of the catchwater drain. It's often referred to as an important green corridor that still manages to connect the southern suburbs with the city. But how long this idyllic scene will last, though, it's hard to say with the ever-impending prospect, let's say, of housing hanging over this area. It's an area with various protective statuses applied to it. The pheasantry that you can see, for example, is known to be a site which supports rare and endangered species of flora and fauna, some of which are uncommon to Lincoln. As a result, it's been designated a site of nature conservation importance and a critical natural asset. Apparently, it represents 4% of Lincoln's woodland resources, one of only nine woodland sites in the city. Its original function is obvious from its name of the pheasantry, a place to breed and rear pheasants and similar birds for the city's butchers. It must be something to do with the original squelchy wilderness of this area and the city's taste for poultry and game that explains all the aquatic and game bird related associations I've come across on earlier podcasts around here. Swampool, a nearby cuckoo pool, Skellingthorpe duck decoy and of course this week's pheasantry. This is a relatively old landscape but if you've listened to other podcasts about this area you'll know that a lot of the fields around here only came into being in the 19th century when the original Fenland was enclosed into fields we see today. Before that, the land would have been subject to flooding from the Witham and Brayford Pool. The city's protected itself from flooding for centuries, but in doing so, it left the outlying communities to frequent inundations. There's an account of a massive flood in the late 18th century, when melting snows made the Trent break its banks, and 20,000 acres of land to the west of the city were seriously flooded. It was utter chaos and eventually brought about legislation calling for the systematic drainage of many of the parishes to the south of Lincoln, including the construction of Catchwater Drain, a watercourse cutting through this week's grid square, with a name that speaks for itself. As idyllic and unchanged as this area seems, though, even after all the drainage improvements, this has still been a hard land to cultivate. On our grid square you can see Oak Farm, a name that's existed here since Victorian times. Several of its farmers appear in the trade directories at the Lincolnshire Archives. The farm lays in the parish of Bootham, which was still being described in the 20th century as one-third Fenland. The difficulties in farming such an area come through clearly from some of our documents relating to the land. One of them says, We've had two very bad seasons and incessant wet. There appear to be only one or two pieces of ground fit to grow a crop this season. There is only one bit of wheat in. The water has been on it most of the winter and there is scarcely any plant. So when I start to wax lyrical about the tranquil rural scene around here on the edge of the city, just give me a prod to remind me that for centuries this area has actually been, well, a bit of a handful to say the least. Oh, thanks to Joe Hughes there from the Lincolnshire Archive bringing us the history 
of our J13 grid. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z. Time now to go back to the J13 grid for the second time. Uh, here you're going to hear uh, a couple of old bezers reminiscing about their school days. We're down now to the, the south end of the grid. We've, we've circumnavigated the pheasantry, or beautifully as it was known, the fezzo. Are you off in the fezzo? No, no, we might get caught. And uh, what we're looking at now on is a, is a where's it's partially recognisable because of the sports centre and swimming pool. Uh, it's the only thing around here that's uh, well. So I left in '92. Johnny, when did you leave? '91. '91, uh, yeah. '91, yeah, yeah. So uh, early '90s. It's the only thing that's recognisable from the early '90s, and it's barely recognisable. Uh, is the sports centre, squash court, swimming pool, and uh, what they've done with the old building? They've got the old building. They've just put some cladding over the top. Uh, wood effect cladding, but plastic all the same. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to ask Johnny with again with a certain amount of predictability and what you think of that that plastic cladding uh i'm disappointed it's plastic actually when we first came up i thought it was wood but then yeah then when you when you knocked on it and i looked a little closer yeah, yeah clearly it's plastic yeah, yeah, I mean, it has to be said it, it wasn't a beautiful building before it is still recognizable this this bit here is definitely the uh the squash courts where i spent quite a lot of times I, I didn't really like pe i didn't like games i wasn't competitive at all uh, which you might not realise when you when you hear us doing question of Lincoln, but I wasn't uh, physically competitive, uh, and I discovered that if you opted to do squash, that basically the teachers would just come and let you in the squash courts, the, the doors just down there still, uh, and then they'd go and leave you for the whole lesson. So you could spend the whole you know hour and a half games lesson just sitting around having a chat, and you'd actually have to do any physical activity, God forbid. So uh, yeah, I, I quite in, I've got quite fond memories of these these squash courts. We see your fond memories are turning now into my sour memories. So I'm looking over now on that football pitch, which I think, I don't know, it looks to me like it might be a hockey pitch now, but a football pitch. Just before where, uh, well, there was an area dedicated to ball games, recreational ball games on break times, playtime. No, never playtime at senior school, is it? Break time. Now, that area was called Colditz. Even the teachers called it Colditz. And now you just think that's reasonably bad taste, do you think? It was, but then we also did have a dinner lady called Hitler. So, um... <laughs> A poor woman, I don't know what she did to deserve that name. She didn't, she didn't look like Hitler or anything. I think she was just a bit strict. And, yeah. you know, Hitler was famously strict. <laughs> he, he was certainly that, amongst other things. Uh, but the, this area's changed. But this is the, they've still got the grassed area out the, out the back here now where um, the, the football team... I remember the first year, the first year I was here, Mr Brown was the, uh, the Scottish football coach, uh, if there could be such a thing. And he came out and he, he watched us all play, and I was, I was excited going to make the football team we're going to make the football team I said it's going to happen and then I didn't get selected for the football team and that was just one of a con well seemingly five years of being kicked between the legs uh sports wise academia wise the only you know the only thing I was good at the only thing I was good at in this entire school the only thing I was good at was drama believe it or not and I was in the school musicals here and that's what, what I find sad now about this and, and you know reminiscing of a 30 a bitter 37 year old that should have concentrated more while he was here. The, opportun the opportunities were here, you know, over the years I've blamed this place. <laughs> it was me, it was my fault. Um, and the, 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 the thing that I, but the thing that does get me is that that hall, the great hall is no longer here uh, and they've knocked it all down and they should have built, they should have built the new school around that hall uh, because there was, there was so much that went on there. My performance of Annie, I went on there, yeah, yeah, I was, no, 
<laughs> no, I was President Roosevelt in Annie, oh. which meant I got pushed around in a wheelchair. That was amazing. <laughs> and I was Lieutenant Brannigan in, in Guys and Dolls, but also the drama... Oh, they, they, oh, of course. Oh, this is so lovely. The drama room was called The Black Hole. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Goodwin. Mr. Goodwin had a poster of Debbie Harry on his wall. And although she was really, you know, even to us, she was a really old woman by then. I think we all got it. We all understood what the attraction was there. Um, and it just, you know, that, that was a, a, an area of creativity. And, and now oh, they've taken it all away. I say, when I come back to schools now, which I don't do often, I'm always quite blown away by how nice they all look nowadays compared to when we were here. You know, when I first came here to City School, we actually still had the old um, flip-up desks, desks, you know, those, those desks where there was uh, people would keep their books inside. And an inkwell. Yeah, and an inkwell, exactly. There was an inkwell on it, and you'd open up the flap, and it, of course, by then it was just full of screwed-up paper and chewing gum and, you know, all sorts of unmentionable things. Hard chewing gum. But, um, yeah, but we still had those were our desks covered in, you know, decades of graffiti. Clearly, no money was being spent on these places back then. There's money being spent on them now. Now we can, we won't get into the whole politics of why that might be, and and you know whether that's necessarily all for the good. But it has to be said, schools certainly look a lot better. They look a lot better equipped, and they seem like nicer places to spend your youth. Really. Yeah, yeah. We I mean, look at this area out here. Um, plants. Look, they got plants. What's going to happen to them? Crikey! And. Uh, a decked area with a roof on it. Um, we used to hang around a bin. We, <laughs> we were called the bin boys. <laughs> we thought we were lucky. Oh, these kids today, they don't know they're born. They have <laughs> iPads. iPads! <laughs> and an abacus. An abacus! Oh, what am I turning into? We need to get, Johnny, we need to get out of this grid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and never come back. No. Oh, dear. Look, look at those lampposts. Look at them. They're well designed. And they are. I can only apologise for what you just uh, what you just heard, which is obviously uh, a breakdown of a, of a man in his uh, his late thirties, uh, reminiscing about his uh, well, distinctly average <laughs> school days. We said very very average. And I need to just listen down back to that in the studio. Never mind any notes I made on this, Johnny, because they're always irrelevant. Um, the black hole. I, I, you know the drama. Anyone who ever went to the city city school, as it was the city school. Uh, would have been familiar with the black hole, which was the old drama room. In there, so it's just a, a really great learning environment because you were shut off from everything else. No windows, no nothing. Uh, just you know, a few stage lights and a few blocks that you could make a improvised stage at. Now, I, I was there at the time when um, whose line is it anyway? Great improvisation program, and a lot, a lot of my well, three years I spent <laughs> just just doing that. Um, Turns that I never made never made any career out of it though, Johnny. No, I said. All the improvised theatre I've ever seen, it always seems to end with everybody collapsing on the floor or something. <laughs> you always <laughs> yeah. have to end with a big thing of that kind. Well, do, you, do you know, actually, I mean, coming from the city school, I was in quite a few bands, very various different bands. I was a, a bass player, just as always, because it looked the easiest. I tried, mm. tried out on guitar and there were far too many strings. And um, my first ever band, it was an imaginary band... Um, <laughs> <laughs> called hilariously the Streaky Boneheads. That's uh, a really good name. It's like a that. brilliant name. Excellent name. And they were um, they, they they made up a, a song. I can't remember it offhand now. No, this so, was an imaginary band. An imaginary band. But they made up a song. They it's interesting them. how you discuss this. There's, there's a lot of psycho, you know, analyst issues around this. Yeah, yeah. I think you would be well within your rights to use the phrase psycho babble. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. the emphasis on babble. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was just you know, yeah, yeah, very fond days. Just where in that room, it was kind of anything was possible. You could you could 
you know imagine and do anything mm. uh, and creativity and then you'd have to go back out and do history or geography or something completely irrelevant like that um, which you, you've never used since but you use your imagination every day uh, and here the lesson endeth uh, if you take anything away from tonight uh, uh, and you take that away you'll get an A star not that they had A stars in those days not in the good old days not now not well, they're not going to use them with their iPads now are they an A star Lincoln A to Z A question of Lincoln Yes, that's right. The uh, the sound of Big Tom, the bells of uh, Lincoln Cathedral, and Big Tom Davies as well, uh, telling us that it's a question of Lincoln on Siren FM. On Lincoln A to Z, Johnny, I think you should go first. Should I go first? Okay, uh, nice easy one for you this week. Good, good. City Square, which is next to my favourite shop, Wilco's, was once a car park. <laughs> But in the early 80s... I just imagine, I just tried to imagine <laughs> you in Wilkins. It's pretty, well, where else can you buy a toilet seat and some pet food <laughs> and some pick and mix, you know, in one place? It's brilliant. Anyway, um, all the uh, random shops are available. Oh, everyone knows that. Go on, They on. are. So it was once a car park, but in the early 80s, that area was transformed into the public space that we now know and love. Home to the ice rink every winter and home to scarily large groups of teenagers the rest of the year. <laughs> but which celebrity officially opened City Square back in 1982. Oh, Johnny, it's a great question. Well done. Was it A, star of Death on the Nile and Casino Royale, David Niven? Was it B, star of Lawrence and Arabia and Dr. <laughs> Shivago, Omar Sharif? Or was it C, star of Bobby Davro's Sketchpad and Bobby Davro's Rock with Laughter? Bobby Davro. Okay. Your 10 seconds starts now. You know what? You know, I really <laughs> Bobby Davro. I really think it is Bobby Davro. But you know, I'm going to give it. I'm going to be outlandish just for the sake of it and say Omar Sharif. You're going to say Omar Sharif, are you? Yes. Damn it, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was no Omar way. Sharif. No yeah, yeah. way. Absolutely. That was oh, that had Bobby Davro written all over it. It's quite impressive, isn't it? I don't know how they managed to get no. him. But there you go. Wow. Yeah. My mother-in-law loves him as well. He's got a real thing for Omar Sharif. Omar, well, it's, mm. the, it's the world's best name, isn't it? It is a great name. You know, we could be sat here with a uh, hundred monkeys, uh, typing on a typewriter for till the end of time, and they won't come up with a better name. No. Certainly not. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, Johnny Hall. Now, uh, you and I, we attended the city school. We did. Uh, I, by choice, you as a reject from the failed South Park School. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, our dynamic radio partnership, and dare I say friendship, but probably not after I've just said that, uh, it's only come later in life. Now, uh, you uh, were a year... I've written here a year or two, uh, but it was only a year. Only one year. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, you were uh, a couple of years above me <laughs> in that school. And uh, although our paths crossed, we never hung out. No. No. Uh, no one really used that phrase back then either, did they? No, no. no, 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 no. Anyway, um, now my question is about me, uh, which is just what this programme needs. Um, now, I took part in two musicals at the city school. Uh, Guys and Dolls was one. Uh, but my career-defining performance was the challenging role of President Roosevelt in Annie. Now, my question of Lincoln to you, Johnny L. Hall, is which song did I take part in? And when I say take part in, I actually spoke the words because my uh, I was all kind of presidential-like, and I didn't I didn't want to sing. I wasn't very good at singing. I think they recognised that, um, so they said, "Well, well, do it in a presidential manner." And I did, and I did. 
Now then, Johnny, I've gone off from one there. <laughs> uh, which song did I sing in Annie, basically? Okay. Or which song did I, I sing a couple of lines out of? Right, uh, Okay. Are you familiar with the musical Annie? Not at all, no, no. And do you remember seeing the musical Annie at school? I remember seeing the film. Um, because it was usually a case that the rest of the school would see the dress rehearsal. Right, okay. Mm, good, I'm onto a winner here. Mm. Um, was it A, you're never fully dressed without a smile? Okay. Very showbiz uh, question of Lincoln this time, isn't it? Mm. Uh, B, easy street. Or C, tomorrow. Uh, wow, well, see, tomorrow is sung by Annie herself. I know that. And I don't think you could have pulled that off, even with a red <laughs> wig. So um, I, I, I don't really know the other two. I'm going to try for Easy Street. That's incorrect. I think... Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> I, what was the other song? I can't remember the um, name right now. You're never fully dressed without a smile. Right. Uh, but it wasn't that either. It was Tomorrow. It was Tomorrow, really? Now, Annie sung it. There's certainly an art uh, performance. Sung it to president roosevelt oh, okay and then at the very end obviously president roosevelt's won round by annie right. uh, and he joins in and he he says tomorrow but he, that would be me now easy now i'm all full of confidence yeah, i'd be yeah. up there like a shot singing it You're beautiful uh, yeah, yeah i know but then i was uh, obviously you know all, all spotty and shiny I don't want, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. so uh, i went tomorrow tomorrow i love you tomorrow wow you're only a day away were there any Tony Awards forthcoming for that? No. I am surprised. Honestly, and, and these days, I'm stuck here on a bank holiday Monday night <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking into a radio studio with you. Lincoln, A to Z, dot co, dot UK. Now, so earlier on in the week, uh, we put onto social media uh, the grid where we're going to, uh, which just includes the city school and the pheasantry and that, that, that bottom corner you, you heard us talking about earlier. So we... We asked now what a while back Johnny and I had this production idea where we would set up um, a, a, an answer machine about memories of the city school. It would be good. We thought we'd, you know here at East Midlands Station of the Year be good for community radio. Get people's local voices on the radio. Um, with the benefit of hindsight, we never got round to that. But with the benefit of hindsight, it would probably proved rather fruitful because a lot of these stories coming through social media this week were. Uh, well, fruity, to say the least. So um, what you're about to hear is highly edited, um, highly edited. We used uh, your probably from Lincoln If and uh, a couple of other uh, Facebook accounts. Johnny, hit me. OK, we'll start off with uh, Linda Greensmith. Uh, lots of memories of teachers, of course, here. Uh, she remembers Mr Hopcroft. Uh, and uh, Jeff Denwood chips in, chips in saying that Hopcroft started in 1959. Now, Mr Hopcroft was there when we were there. He was. He started his career in the 1950s. He was. Now, they, certain things happen to you at school, uh, and they, they stick with you. Obviously not anything to do with Shakespeare, but they stick with you. Uh, Johnny, just look at my hand. What does that, what does that say? That says jingles. Okay, that's, I've written the word jingles on my hand to remind me to uh, put some jingles on my, on my USB stick later. Now, Mr Hopcroft told us that if you write on your hand, it gives you a higher chance uh, of getting skin cancer. Really? Yeah. And it, do you know what? It put me off for years and years and years, hmm. and it, it probably still would put me off, and it's only the fact that that's, that I sort of rejigged this in my, in my head tonight. <laughs> I don't know whether it's factually correct. I don't know if he had any, you know, any, anything. But hmm. that absolutely stuck with me. The old bulldog saying that, you know, if you, if you write on your hand, I mean, you know, think about it, that ink's got to go somewhere. You can go into your skin, go into your yeah, blood, can't it? Yeah. I think he was probably just having a bit of a laugh. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, well, he comes from it. Yeah. Yeah. 
You, know, you probably just didn't want to see people writing on their hand. <laughs> uh, was your phone? Because that looked very ugly, doesn't it, what I've written there? It does, yeah. Uh, yeah, but Linda also talks about the strike as well, going back uh, way before our time there. The strike by pupils. She's not sure what year, uh, but between 1974 and 78, uh, when Linda was there. There was a teacher strike, uh, and the pupils decided to join in too. Now, oh, you'd love to get on that kind of thing, don't you? Anything like that. You know, if the teachers aren't here, why the heck yeah. should we turn up? That's just a, a wheeze to uh, get off doing any work, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good luck to him. Yeah, uh, okay, right. So, um, also, um, Lee Swaby. Um, now, he's, <laughs> he remembers uh, playing a drinking game uh, with some homebrew um, and then had to carry someone else to a geography lesson. There were always stories about drinking, wasn't there? You know, sort of uh, people who'd stash some booze uh, uh, in, yeah, in certain places. Whether, yeah, 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 exactly. And I always... never saw any. No, no, I didn't either, really. I mean, you know, I left that for uh, for after school, obviously. Uh, Lisa mentions a couple of uh, phrases that we, we heard a lot in city school. Green court and oh. the urn. Oh, right, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Green court and the urn. Let's, let, let's explain this for, for people who maybe weren't... Uh, well, either fortunate or unfortunate or if you were to know about the city school, Green Court was kind of your, your yellow card, if you like, wasn't it? You know, you got mm. sent out there, you got sent out of class. You usually had to go and sit in, in Green Court, which was a, a room uh, assigned for you to go and go and sit in <laughs> so you weren't disrupting the rest of the class. The urn, oh, Johnny, what was the urn? Oh, you were in serious trouble if you went to the urn. It was, yeah. it was a huge, big... Was it stone urn, and it was very close to the headmaster and the, the deputy head's offices. Mm. So if you were stood there, it meant mm. you were in line to to be seen by the head and uh, Big dealt with absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and you know where that is now? That stood right at the front. Really? Oh, yeah. they still got it. Though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I don't think I wouldn't have thought they'd use it. They're much more progressive these days, aren't they? they mm. They've got iPads, not abacuses, aren't they? You know, these days it's not. They haven't got an, you know they don't a punishment wouldn't be to stand next to a big They'd concrete just pot would reduce it? the broadband speed or something like that wouldn't they? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Go on, go on. Yeah. You going for one? Uh, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca says, I remember Mr. Van Tam. I box your ears. Oh, of course, um, Mr. Van Tam. Of course, Mr. Van Tam. I remember one boy falling asleep in maths and Mr. Senior kicking under his desk really hard <laughs> to wake up. Do, do teachers still do that sort of thing? I remember teachers throwing blackboard rubbers and things like that at people. I, I'm imagining they don't do that these uh, well, days. Yeah, well, these days they get you know the parents challenge them don't they whereas yeah, if I'd have gone home and said oh yeah someone threw a rubber at me you know her parents want to know why and what for and you know yeah, they probably deserved it exactly yeah yeah even even though it, it, it probably missed you but uh, there's one here as well and I can't see where it's from it's Sally I know it was from Sally uh, who said uh, about someone uh, whacking uh, a great big meter stick down I love a meter stick a great big meter stick down on the desk to surprise you and wake you up as well <laughs> yeah stop me staring at the window which uh, as we yeah, know, yeah. Uh, I spent all of my time uh, doing uh, the red nose day now this is someone from my year because I recognise this uh, the red nose day uh, when everyone refused to go to lessons uh, now this happened because uh, there was no it was quite early days for the red nose day we're talking about the time when the stonk by hail and pace was on so we're talking that far back mm. and uh, the school had decided not to take part in red nose day whereas you know the, the kids just I don't think it was necessary that they wanted to raise a lot of money for charity I think they wanted to mess around um, you know, and have a bit, have a bit of fun, raise a bit of money, or whatever. You know, maybe I'm being cynical, but it's kind of the truth. Um, so there was the Red Nose Riots, uh, led by, and I can picture the guy now, but I can't remember him. But I did used, to, I used to work on the roads, and I worked with him years ago. And, he, and then I, I told him about it, and he can't remember it. But you know, it stuck in my mind that he was there leading the Red Nose Riots, uh, pacing everyone around school. Mister Jay's got ever so furious with everybody. Um, but it didn't go anywhere. It didn't make anything. We we're trying to get people down from the Lincolnshire Echo, take our pictures and things like that. Uh, and of course, it achieved nothing. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Green again says she remembers the whole class boycotting Mrs. Lamb's French lesson because we didn't like her. 
She'd left shortly after. I bet, I bet she'd, she probably had a nervous breakdown, the poor woman. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, uh, Rebecca also remembers Wolf from Gladiators uh, and the boy band Damage being at school for something like a summer fair or some, some kind of thing like that. Yeah, yeah, and we also had uh, something on Twitter uh, come to us uh, this week, was a picture, a signed picture of Wolf. Oh, wow. Uh, who wasn't very cross. Uh, I, I questioned her on this. He wasn't very cross. He was a very nice man, apparently. Oh, wow. but, but that's kind of not what you want from Wolf, is it? I want no, him to you turn want him to be angry and, in character. You know, yeah, growling yeah. at the kids and yeah, scaring them. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, not just going, oh, hello, how do you do? No, that's not good, is it? No, that's no good. Um, now, Kate also says uh, they've talked about a, a school trip to HMP Lincoln, um, <laughs> which is uh, featured in a previous uh, grid of hours, and all the inmates shouting wildy, wildy, which I'm, I'm assuming he's the former headmaster, wasn't he? Oh, he was, yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah. Wild, yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, sometimes on social media, you know, it's, it's it's quite a difficult thing to put call and response across on, on social media where people reply to it. Uh, but further down the uh, the thread of this, uh, Caroline just says, uh, I can't believe they took us there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what, what were they thinking? Why on earth would they do that? It's, they, they, they couldn't, she couldn't, she can't get it, still can't compute the fact that they took him to a prison. Maybe it was, uh, you know, because, you know, they were in my year, but I never, I didn't, I never went to the prison, so maybe they were taking the bad kids there. Not like me. Yeah, trying to scare them yeah, straight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Emma remembers having a crush on Mr. Jay's oh, for giving well, me my first ever merit card in the first year for stopping a Bunsen burner fire. Uh, he was a bit of a dish, wasn't he, Mr. Jay's? Mr. Jay's. Mr. Jay's had a beard and then he shaved, he shaved his beard off for charity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, uh, when actually, do you know what? That's what we achieved. We achieved that because they didn't want a repeat of the Red Nose Riots. <laughs> We've just realised that Mr. Jay's shaving his beard off. We've achieved something. Absolutely. I tell you, Mr. Jay's came from South Park as well, so, you know, we're, we're the best totty there. Um, um, well, no, no, Mr. Hackett was the... Uh, he, I think he was... A, was Mr. Jay's, was he a, he was a science teacher, wasn't he? Was he? A, he was a physics teacher, and he, yeah, he was at South Park as well. Teacher. Now, uh, Mr. Hackett, he was the dish. He was the dish that all the uh, all, all the girls were uh, were talking about, rather than me. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God, we hated him, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and uh, Tina Mellors says uh, it's a shame they didn't get us ex-pupils to rip down the old school because of course oh. the whole thing the building that we know and, and loved or hated in some cases is all gone whole new building there it would have been nice to be involved it would it would but you would have found me I'd have uh, I'd have been ripping up obviously maths uh, mm. obviously English as well you know making us do all that shade um, I would but um, I'd have been standing there chained barricaded uh, to the drama hall saying you can't knock this place mm. down uh, yeah. I'd, what I'd have done I'd have had it propped up put on roller skates and transported elsewhere uh, for my own uses Lincoln A to Z it's time uh, to turn to Treff uh, as we as we always do at this time on a Monday evening, uh, is the spoken word artist who will complete our 52 grids alongside us. The Welsh Wonder now tells us his opinion of J13. J13, Triton Road. I was a bit disappointed to find that J13 was a different bit of Triton Road to the one I'd been thinking of. Had it been L11, there were lots of things to talk about. I've even already written a poem about L11, or at least about the L11 retail units. It's January, and everywhere is dark and wet and miserable. The Lincoln slate sky covers a time of drabness day. Flat, blue-red brick, beige-grey dark in the paint-damp-run drizzle. Orange branding tries vainly to B and Q brighten the desperate place. Over the neon road, lights make it through the gloom. SCS, Pets at Home, Starbucks, Staples, Comet, PC Will, Curry's, countrywide conformity reflected in the dark and miserable grey. 
Even K13 is more interesting than J13. I bought a trailer from K13, used it loads of time for camping trips and other exciting family holidays. Still going strong after 10 years, though I had to put air in the tyres this year for the first time. That's after 10 years. AA man did it when he came to change a puncture on my wife's car. I digress. Parts of J13 are known as Dead End Street. This is because there are no through roads. I doubt the residents call it Dead End Street. They probably like the fact that they don't get much traffic, except, of course, on Tritton Road itself, which is a busy arterial thoroughfare and prone to high levels of traffic on a Saturday, accompanied by the resultant congestion. I don't know why people would want to drive into town anyway. There's a perfectly good Asda in North Highcombe, or a Sainsbury's if you're posh. What you can't buy at those Emporia is probably out of season. Our thanks, as always, uh, to Treff. And if you want to hear more, see more of his work, go to philosopherontap.com and there'll be more from him in the next episode. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. OK, that's it. Nearly the end of this particular episode of Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, Johnny, next week is our last episode in, in this series, Series 5. Uh, where are we going to be? We're going to be in Grid Square E11 next week, which is Skelly Road again, but right up the other end, uh, just before the roundabout with uh, with the new road, the bypass. Uh, so you've got Samwell Drive, Forest Park, that area around there. Super duper. So, of course, if you know anything about that, please do get in touch. Maybe you live there. Maybe you want to tell us what it's really like, not just what uh, uh, a couple of fellas talking around in a microphone uh, think of the area uh, so thanks to everyone who's helped us in making this program joe treff uh, all the contrib- contributors via social media and uh, i don't know this this one we didn't have time for but we have to make time we have to lever this one in somewhere uh, because when we were asking for people their memories of the city school a uh, friend of the show the genial jamie mckay said when zamo got addicted to heroin and that just brings up an image for everyone uh, of Zamo scrambling around on the floor, of course, doesn't it? Uh, you've been listening to a Joe Schmo production for Siren FM. Uh, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.